1: I guarantee that every Washington Commanders fan on the planet would rather have Lawrence Jackson. He's as being as...
2: on his show. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, thousand, a thousand percent. Okay. So this is, as a Commanders fan, this, this is our Independence Day.
1: It is Independence <laughs> Day. This is our Independence yeah. Day. Yeah, another film from 1994 with yeah. uh, Shawshank Redemption. Right. right. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. I am Jay Croucher. It's noon on Peacock, Matthew Berry, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Absolutely. (laughs) Drink up, kids. Drink up. You know why? Because the Washington Commanders are for sale. Maybe, possibly, hopefully. Here we go. Unbelievable. What a turn of events. It's a three-game winning streak for the Commanders. They're, uh, they're riding high, plus 400 to make the playoffs. It's all happening. Yeah, It's all happening
2: right now. Um, uh, I got excited about it. A lot of Commanders fans excited about it. Shout out to my buddy, PFT Commenter, who talked about, like, this is one of the greatest days in his life. I, I mentioned that it was a top five day in Washington sports fans' history. And you know who else got excited? My friend and former colleague, Robert Griffin III.
3: What's up, people? Just want to give you a quick update on everything that's happened since I put out the tweet about wanting to be a minority owner of the Washington Commanders and also bring 10 fans along for the ride and they don't have to pay anything. So I've had a lot of conversations and taken a lot of phone calls from people who are interested in being a part of this minority ownership group. And I have to say that... Uh We just got our first hundred million dollar offer to be a part of the group. This is not a game, people. This is real life. I need you to hit the phones. I need you to call somebody and keep making noise so that the team gets sold because this team deserves an ownership group that is as diverse as the city that it represents. I'm talking about a three time Super Bowl champion, a storied franchise. And I did not bring the city the championship that I wish I could have. But at the end of the day, it would be a dream come true to be a part of an ownership group that brings the city the winner that it deserves. Let's go.
1: Go! There we go. And this and is it- Robert Griffin Third. This is his tweet. Who wants to be a minority owner of the Washington Commanders? I'm down to pay for a stake in the team and bring 10 fans along for the ride. And there's Matthew Berry. That's waving. my
2: reply. Yo, I'm in. <laughs> What's up? What's up, RG3? How you doing? How we doing? And those are some of the other uh, quote-unquote celebrities. Some some more famous than others yeah. on that <laughs> list. But right, you know, Kevin Durant very famously is a uh, is a uh, is a Commanders fan as is Dale Earnhardt Jr., as is Wale. Like, there's a, you know, McConaughey. Matthew no. McConaughey's a big fan as well. So, uh, you know, and then there's, like, me and PFT commentary. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: not working out so good for Kevin Durant on the Brooklyn Nets at the moment. So maybe full-time, let's just go all-in I will.
2: I will tell you that I interviewed Kevin Durant on my old podcast because uh, I did a celebrity fantasy football league, and he was in it. He's a big fantasy football player, KD is. And he said one of his dreams when he you know and he's a man of of massive wealth not just from his basketball playing acumen but also his business acumen he has invested in a number of very successful uh startups some of which have had huge exits uh as well and so uh kudos to um kd has said he specifically said he wants to own a professional football team uh the commanders and that's his that's his hometown team so um so anyway we'll see i, I will tell you that you know I slid into RG3's DMs, <laughs> yeah. he replied back to me, we're in conversations, I've had a number, of, I personally have reached out to every billionaire I know, it's not a long <laughs> list, i got to be honest with you, but I know a few, and I've been like, yo, Can
1: hey. What a turn of events. Remember what you were a r- turn losing, of getting events. Getting blown out by the Cowboys and the Eagles and now could end with you. Uh, Matthew Barry owning the Washington I just want 0.000001%. I
2: just, I want to be, I just, I'm happy to be last on the cap table. I just, in fact, I'm <laughs> going to have to be last on the cap table because i think this team is going to go for six billion dollars um with a b um so I'm, it's going to be have to be like percent, and i might i've made have short myself a few zeros <laughs> i right need in there but um uh but either way yeah i'm in uh so anyone listening watching uh if you need if you need a guy as a part of your ownership group matthew barry hit All a right. brother up let's jump into roto world headlines I just hope, I will say there are some people that have thought this is this is about him trying to get cash infusion for a minority, you know, he's going to sell a minority portion of the team that he would still, meaning Daniel and Tanya Snyder, that they would still own the majority of the team and that they're just looking for a cash infusion to try to get uh, money to build a new stadium, as they have so far been unsuccessful in convincing any government to work with them in terms of using public funds to build a stadium in either Maryland, Virginia, or the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I hope that's not the case, but <laughs> yes, I know some people have floated proud. that as well. You know, feels, I will say this, it feels the most real it ever has, that there is a chance that there could be a ownership change
1: in terms of the majority ownership of this team. Indeed. Uh, so right, let's, we will
2: follow this story closely.
1: Yes, we will. Okay, let's jump to the first headline, which is Jonathan Taylor. He's had this troublesome ankle for the past yeah. month or so now. He did not practice on Wednesday. He didn't play that badly against the commanders. 16 carries, 76 yards, just didn't get in the end zone, as he hasn't for much of the season. What are you doing with the Jonathan Taylor situation? I assume Dion Jackson just needs to be rostered everywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, a, a thousand percent. I mean, Dion Jackson, I, I tweeted this out yesterday, right? I mean, look, it's not a great schedule. You don't love the matchup on the road at New Orleans. They're, you know, top 12 against the run over the last four weeks. Having said that, just, you know, massive uh, workload for Deion Jackson and the two games that Jonathan Taylor missed, right? You know, over 17 touches, over 90 total yards, 20.6 fantasy points per game is what Deion Jackson averaged in weeks five and six. And so, you know, with Naheem Hines now in Buffalo, there's a 12% target share. There's almost seven touches a game that are up for grabs here. Now, Deion Jackson's production in the passing game came with Matt Ryan on her center. Sam Ellinger is now the starting quarterback of the Colts. So we'll see, you know, if he's going to be dumping off as much as Matt Ryan is. Ellinger more mobile, so he doesn't he doesn't need to get rid of the ball. He's got other ways to, you know, um, avoid pressure uh, that Ryan did not. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's absolutely – he must be rostered because – this is an aggravation of the same injury that he's had previously, JT's.
1: Yeah, I think that if if Jackson is the guy, then he's basically a locked-in RB2. I think you said the other new team, uh, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. If Taylor is playing, they played the Patriots this week. Yeah, that's, uh, did I f- not say that? I, I thought I said New Orleans. And oh, then, sorry, new,
2: I meant New England, so yes. So the
1: Patriots, they are five-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. And yes, they've been a bit better against the run, but overall in the season they haven't been great. So uh, I think that Dion Jackson must roster, must start if Taylor misses. Let's talk about quarter they, they
2: don't have really anyone with Hines no, gone. Like, no it's one. just, you're right. No I, mean, like Phillip, Lindsay,
1: like no, I mean, like, Phil Lindsay, like,
2: whatever. I mean, like, it'll be the Deion Jackson show in Indy if Jonathan Taylor misses time again. The fact that he, you know, um, the fact that he missed Wednesday practice. It's still Wednesday practice, but it is
1: it is an eyebrow Also race. not good that he had to leave the game on the weekend against the Commanders then comes back in. These high ankle sprains, they just tend to linger. Yeah, this. they really do. I mean, Irv, a different injury, but Irv Smith with a high ankle sprain out eight to ten weeks, you'd see the toll that it can take. Let's go to Corderole Patterson at Atlanta. He was designated to return to practice. He returned to
2: or is this one of your re- renaissance? I don't kind think of I can get away with the
1: Australian pronunciation on that. I, I might just be saying it wrong. It's like Devonta I, and Devontae Smith. I feel like society is completely split yeah. on Devonta Devonte, and so everyone just goes with what they want and they ride with it. It's the is it the fantasy
2: football version of the of the um, of the gold dress versus the black dress? You remember that yes, whole internet yes, thing that was yes. going on? Blue, yeah, blue dress, dress versus yeah. the gold dress, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah.
1: Anyway, I believe it's Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Uh, so he returned to practice. Uh, And he hasn't played since week four, but in his three full games, he produced like a madman, Uh, but now he's got Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier to compete with. Is Patterson startable if he's back this week?
2: I think he is. He told reporters he feels about 90% there. um, Over the last four weeks... There's only one team in the NFL that's giving him more rushing yards per game than the Los Angeles Chargers. And so it's a good matchup with a team in the Atlanta Falcons who wants to run. It does not matter what the score is. It does not matter what down or distance it is. They're going to run. They're going to keep running. And so Cordero Patterson, who earned 18 or more touches in two of the three full games he played so far this year, will lead that committee. You'll see some Tyler Algier and some Caleb Huntley. But, yes, my expectation is if you start a Falcons running back this weekend and Cordero Patterson is active – Patterson is the guy you want. Remember, over the last four games, Falcons, 137 rushing attempts.
1: Yes, 137 on in four games. Yeah, I think we're in this world now where previously you would look at, okay, the yep. Falcons are underdogs or whatever, and you expect game script to get out of hand. Now there are, like, multiple teams who just run the ball independent of game script. The Titans do it with Derrick Henry. Uh, obviously the Falcons, the Bears do it as well. They're just going to run the ball because right. that's their that's and, their offense. And,
2: and I think the Texans are going to do it tonight yeah. against the uh. Philadelphia Eagles, because that brings us to another quick headline here. Um, I'm going out of order here for a second, Stephen, but I don't want to blow this that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> segue that I just did, Countless which is that segues. Uh, reports coming out just before we went on the air that Brandon Cook's unlikely to play tonight for the Texans. He hasn't practiced all week, Jay. That include, and we already know Nico Collins is not going to play. Yeah. So may I just quickly read to you <laughs> the wide receiver depth chart for the Houston Texans. Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, Tyron Johnson, and Bo McDingleberry, okay. one of those guys I made up.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I mean, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a pick-em between Bo McDingleberry and Tyron Johnson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not ideal.
2: But, right, so my expectation here is that with, you know, going on the road at Phil – oh, I'm game's in Houston, sorry. But just playing a very good Eagles defense uh, that, you know, has just smothered every team they've played. And now you're – you know, it's a passing offense in tech in Houston that has been inconsistent – this year to be kind yes
1: my expectation is is that you know what they've got going for him, Damian pierce yep. and a lot of it we'll talk about some bad mgm props later in the show but Damian pierce 65 and a half his rushing yards over under 15 and a half carries i think they they both sail over even if they're losing and,
2: and teams have been able to run on philadelphia yes, i mean we we, we 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 you know we, we saw the the cowboys do it a couple of weeks ago as well for last four weeks Believe it or not, the Eagles 25th against the run. And so I think you see a heavy, heavy dose of Damian Pierce tonight. So they would be another team like the Titans, uh, like the Falcons, that are just going to run regardless of of game script because they just don't have a ton of confidence in their passing attack.
1: Another wide receiver injury, Keenan Allen with his niggling hamstring. He did not practice Wednesday. And here's Keenan Allen on that injury.
3: Got to take it day by day. And, um, you know, when it's ready to come back, it'll be ready and, um, you know, I'll be ready. I'll stay ready. You know, when I can play, I can play.
1: Some weird stuff swirling around Keenan Allen, saying he got got worse during the bye, saying also before the bye that he kind of didn't really want to – he wanted to wait through the bye. Uh, And it's just these injuries should not linger like this, and really it's been the entire season for Keenan Allen. So what are we doing with the Chargers situation? I mean, we're
2: starting Josh Palmer. Like friend of the podcast, Austin Eckler, during the definitive Austin Eckler interview right here in the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, said as much. You want Josh Palmer. Big Mike Williams, he's not going to play for a few weeks as now. No as it stands today, as we broadcast this on a Thursday afternoon, doesn't feel great. Bad vibes, as you will, coming from Keenan Allen and the Chargers camps about his availability. And so you think about this matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who um, uh, Atlanta uh, is 32nd against the pass over the last four weeks. Like, literally no team in the NFL gives up more passing yards per game over the last month than the Atlanta Falcons as well. A.J. Terrell once again likely out for that secondary in Atlanta. And there's a 20% target share that's up for him. Before we even get to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams vacates a 20% target share. We expect a lot of work for Josh Palmer in the seven career games in which he's gotten at least six targets, Josh Palmer has over 13 fantasy points in six of those seven games here. You'll see some DeAndre Carter as well in this, and I like Gerald Everett as a tight end sleeper this week. But, yeah, give me Josh Palmer as a top 25 wide receiver uh, with Keenan Allen out. I think he becomes almost a must start if both Allen and
1: Williams are out. Yep. Falcon's and, second. by the way, he makes the love list. Yes. Falcon's secondary extremely banged up, so he should be able to feast. Alright, let's jump into running back love-hate, but first, let's hear from Ramondre Stevenson, who features at the top of the list. Ramondre, what's the uh, significance of the jersey?
3: Oh, This is Booby Miles from Friday Night Lights, my favorite, my favorite movie, so I had to read him in the day. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, what, what led to that? Just, just something fun? Yeah, just something fun. Uh, You know, I I love the movie. That's my favorite movie. Top five, for sure. So, just had to put it on today. And you watched the series? I did. Mm -hmm. I like the movie better, though. You did? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Ramondre Stevenson. With the, I would say, controversial view that the movie Friday Night Lights is better than the TV show, I would go the other side of that. It is funny, and obviously, it's a little meta, but the fact that he referenced that... In season three of Friday Night Lights, Matthew, J.D. McCoy and Matt Saracen, they had this quarterback controversy yeah. where uh, the coach was starting both of them and they mm. were alternate series. Bit of a Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones yes. type situation where a uh, film becomes reality. And uh, I don't think Ramondre was alluding to that so much. But he is on the love list. He's uh, trending right up. And what are you liking this week?
2: Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, exactly. Jay Croucher. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Love the Booby Miles jersey. And I love me some Ramondre Stevenson. Six consecutive games here, Jay Croucher, with at least 16 touches and over 80 yards from scrimmage. He's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. He's my running back nine so far uh, in week number nine as well. Even since Damian Harris returned, it has still been the Ramondre Stevenson show with a 26% target share. He's had 131 receiving yards. 15 receptions over the last four weeks. Uh, you think about this matchup with the Indianapolis Colts, right? Indy is giving up the six most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs, whether it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, and the expectation obviously is that it'll be Mac Jones on center. The fact is this is a run-heavy team, and Ramondre Stevenson has the majority of uh, work in this backfield for the Patriots. We talked about it in the preseason. I've never wavered from this as well. Ramondre Stevenson is a special talent and he's the guy that you want in this Patriots backfield. I had him ranked ahead of Damian Harris, which was unlike the opposite of the eight a- that was the opposite of the ADP coming into the preseason, all in on Ramondre. Must start.
1: Yep. Must start this week, must start going forward. Particularly with how bad Mac Jones has looked all Two. season long. He's been one of the five worst quarterbacks among NFL starters and has five and a half point favorites still against the Colts, expect that they'll be running all day. Let's jump to Travis Etienne, who has now become the clear RB1 in Jacksonville with James Robinson gone. He's producing like an RB1 in fantasy as well the past two weeks. Why is he on the love list?
2: Yeah, I mean, he, not only is he on the love list, but, I mean, he's even higher than Armandre Stevenson. We just didn't have video of Travis Etienne <laughs> yeah. in a Booby Miles jersey, so right. we, flopped, we flip-flopped right. it a little bit. But he comes in as a top five running back for me, running back five for me in week eight. Look, over the last two weeks, over an 80% snap share, uh, 84% of the team's running back touches. James Robinson, now a member of the New York Jets, in his first game without J-Rob there, 27 touches for Travis Etienne. Four consecutive games with over 100 yards from scrimmage. And you love this matchup against the Raiders, right? Las Vegas allowing 115 scrimmage yards to a running back in each of the last two games. So Etienne, who's been such a big part of their, their offense going forward and the trade of James Robinson, look, we like Jamaica, Jamaical Hasty, like nice sure. little player, but like he ain't Travis Etienne. Like no. this is his backfield. We constantly look for bell cow running backs. They're so few and far between in fantasy. Jay and Travis Etienne is one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure there are six more guys you'd want in fantasy at the running back position more than Travis Etienne the rest of the way. When Calvin Ridley gets there next year uh, with Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence is going to have no more excuses if he doesn't perform, uh, which he hasn't so far. Let's go to Aaron Jones, who's about the only good thing in the Packers' offense at the moment. He really got going against Buffalo, despite the fact that they were losing the entire game, the Packers, and he's on the love list this week. Free Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, look, there's not much
2: that's working in Green Bay, right? There isn't much. I mean, you know, the cheese is still good. You
1: know, I hear good things about the Brats. Do you but hear, like pretty, the brats? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just hear good things about them. I'm yeah. not a brat guy. I'm a big cheese curd guy. I spent a Are bit you? of time in Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, Wait. me and our uh, producer, Stephen, we actually uh, went to a brewer's game and uh, devoured some cheese curds at the uh, Ryder Cup trip last year. It was fantastic. Huge on cheese curds. R- really? really? Wow, Stephen D'Avacino
2: in my ear saying he can confirm. <laughs>
1: yeah, he can confirm. And uh, yeah, big on Brussels sprouts in America and cheese curds. Two things we don't really do in Australia. No. Anyway, um, that's that's,
2: whatever. By the way, that's, that sounds like a bad children's show, Brussels sprouts <laughs> and cheese curds. Here's what I can tell you, though. Uh, one thing that you should like just as much, if not more, than Brussels sprouts and cheese curds is Aaron Jones, especially this week. He comes in at running back six up. for me as well. Look, since week two, week two, this is a guy who's averaging over 17 touches a game over the last – and, and, you know, honestly, so much about the Packers' offense isn't working, but he is, right? I mean, you saw the massive game Sunday night against the uh, Buffalo Bills as well, and that was against the Bills. Now he gets Detroit. Lions, over the last four weeks, allowing 131 rushing yards per game to opposing running backs that's third most in the NFL. They're giving up over 95 scrimmage yards to a running back in five of the seven games they've played so far this year. He's a big part of the passing game. They want to run with him as well. I don't know why they they don't seem to love A.J. Dillon, though he he got going a little bit more. But if there's one thing you can trust in this Packers offense week in, week out, it's Aaron Jones, him against Detroit. Come on. Get better than that. Running back six for me this week.
1: Yeah, I like it. I think there's this idea that maybe the Packers passing offense will finally get right against Detroit. It's not going to get right. If it was going to get right, it would have gotten right against your commanders or other teams along the road. There just isn't the talent uh, and the production out of the receivers, and Aaron Jones is the guy who should benefit the most. Let's quickly jump into some others receiving votes headlined by the great Deontre Foreman.
2: Now, he got a veteran day off yesterday. Chuba Hubbard returned to the lineup. So it remains to be seen if he's going to get the massive kind of workload that he got uh, with Chuba Hubbard out last week. But still, like, he's going to, you know, after what he did last week, you expect him to at least lead this committee against the Bengals defense that's giving up the ninth most rushing yards per game to opposing running back. He comes in at running back 17 for me. Foreman does. We already talked about the Packers game. Well, let's talk about the other side of that ball and Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift did not practice yesterday. In the four games in which Swift has been active, this even if Swift is act, active, Jamal Williams has been productive, averaging 17.6 fantasy points per game. In the four games, DeAndre Swift has been active. No player in the NFL has more goal-to-go carries. Then Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert, right? I kind of like him. My man. He's had had over 70 scrimmage yards in three straight games. He's had 43% of the team running back touches over the last two weeks compared to just 49% to David Montgomery. This is truly a a split-down-the-middle committee. This offense has shown signs of life under Justin Fields, and we think Herbert is the better running back, Jay. He's averaging 6.4 yards per touch compared to
1: just 4.7 for David Montgomery yes and david montgomery highlights the hate section of this operation and so i presume that that's basically just with how khalil herbert is trending how he performed against dallas it seems like Montgomery's probably trending the wrong direction david montgomery khalil herbert is a perfect example of what the love hate list is is
2: because yes khalil herbert makes the love list on others receiving votes montgomery makes the hate list and yet if you go to my rankings I have Montgomery two spots ahead of Khalil Herbert because love-hate is all about expectations. I think Herbert has a better game than he's expected to. I think Montgomery has a worse game than he's expected to. But if I was rostering both guys, I would still start Montgomery more. He's running back 23 for me. Herbert's 25. Look, he's had only four more touches than Khalil Herbert over the last two weeks. He's had under 50% of the Bears' running back touches. And this is not a great matchup against Miami as the Dolphins allow the eighth fewest rushing yards per game to opposing running backs.
1: Yep, I like that look. And uh, the Bears are five point dogs at home to the Miami Dolphins. I might like Chicago in that spot. Just think the Bears—they're trending in the right direction as a team. We'll see what happens with the pass game because it has been they're just the past out of game chase a to play pool.
2: So, what is, what is the line again?
1: Bears plus five at home to Miami. I'm not sure Miami have earned the right to be five point favorites at Chicago. Chicago team that's been offensively Chicago is tough.
2: That's been better offensively. I kind of like
1: that call. Yeah. Bears plus five. Let's go, Bears. Now, let's talk about... Plus- your Bears. You love your Bears. I, I'm a Titans man now. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> so Derrick Henry and my Offensive Player of the Year bet at 30-1 to one on BetMGM. Let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a staple of the hate list. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's on here again. Well, he's
2: facing your Titans. I yeah. mean, you, you know
1: this, Jay. Well, like, I'm the Titans big, are yeah. a really
2: good run defense, Yes, we always right? have been. We right? Over been. the last four weeks, they allowed just 42 rushing yards per game and under three yards per carry to opposing running backs. This is a committee. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Isaiah Pacheco, and even Jarek McKinnon, who's actually been the guy who's led the Kansas City backfield in snaps in three straight games. Like, so... You're talking about a committee, you know, a three-headed monster against a very tough run defense, the number one run defense in the NFL over the last month. Yeah, I mean, he's outside my top 25 CEH as well. Honestly, um, uh, you know, if you're looking, I'm st- I would still start CEH over this guy, but just as long as we're talking Chiefs, Titans, I just want to mention real quickly, Dontrell Hilliard, For if you're yeah. truly desperate, sort of interesting here. He's actually second on the Titans in both target share and receiving yards and the Chiefs have allowed the most receiving yards and the most receptions to opposing running backs this year. So Dontrell Hilliard could be kind of a sneaky, deep league start. I'm desperate. I need a guy that, you know, could get me eight points with a chance at a touchdown.
1: Yeah, mustache as well. Derrick Henry, uh, limited participant in practice with that foot, which is an ideal, particularly when he's had 28 carries a minimum the past three weeks. Uh, With that workload, you're always a little bit concerned about King Henry, though the production doesn't go away. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, pass catcher, love, hate, headlined by shock, horror, a Washington commander. Hey, now, I hear they're for sale.
0: (laughs)
3: Got the Vikings coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We understand what they've been doing on the offensive side with the guys that play the position you play, but defensively they can compose, you know, they oppose the challenge too. Uh, What do you feel like this offense has a chance to do against, you know, the Vikings defense coming in this week? Yeah, we're going to have to sustain drives. I think if we could do a better job of sustaining drives, uh, converting on third down. Um, I think we're, we're a great offense when we do that and we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think our defense did a great job giving us some turnovers, and as offense I think that's our job to turn the, make sure we turn that into some points. Anytime you get to go against any great players in this league, uh, you want to have a good showing. So uh, I just want to go in there and do whatever you know my team asks of me this week and try to come out here with a dub. And we can trust you do that, man.
1: Yeah. The Washington Commander's hour rolls on. Yeah. Matthew try, yeah, trying to get Santana trying to get ourselves Moss.
2: a trying to get ourselves a dub, but I mean, I'm telling you. I you know, <laughs> listen, I think they got a shot. Maybe I'm looking at the world through burgundy colored glasses,
1: but I think they got a shot. I'm with you. I would be I, taking the commanders plus three and a half. Yeah. It's actually starting to trend towards three. It was two and a half.
2: The, it was two and a half. I've seen it at two and a half and now it's yeah, trending yeah. towards three and a
1: half. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's right. I don't I, believe in Minnesota. They're not, not right? Yeah. They're a... They're a good team. They're not a they're six like, and two team. No, they're like the ninth or tenth best team in the league. They're yeah. fine, and they have played a pretty easy schedule. And it's not like the Commanders are the hardest line on the schedule, but still playing the right defense is looking better as well.
2: Defense, defense looking is looking better. defense is looking better, and there's still a few players on that team that know uh, that you know know how to attack her cousins, and you know. Yeah. So we'll uh, you know we'll see. Anyway, we'll see how it all uh, how it plays out. Let's jump into
1: pass catcher love hate headlined. By that man, Terry McLaurin, who's on the love list. Has Honestly, back in the day, Terry.
2: Santana Moss was on the love list a few yeah. times, especially whenever he played Dallas. Santana Moss always killed the Cowboys. But I think Terry McLaurin kills the Vikings. He comes in at wide receiver 11 for me. Since um, Taylor Heineke took over, he's got a 26% target share, Terry McLaurin. Like, find somebody who looks at you the way Tyler Heineke looks. At Terry McLaurin, he's had over 16 fantasy points in both games, and over the last four weeks, the Vikings allowing the third most yards per game to opposing wide receivers. We know the Vikings' offense is pretty good. Uh, My expectation here is that they're going to put up points, so they're going to have to throw against Minnesota. Vikings also, by the way, a pretty good run defense. They're second against the run, so I think the way
1: Washington moves the ball in this game is through the air, and that starts with Terry McLaurin. Yep, Terry McLaurin. I think he's back. He was top 25 wide receiver last season. I think you just project him as that basically going forward with Taylor Heineke, who is an upgrade for him over Carson Wentz. Let's talk about the revived DJ Moore, who was a staple of the hate list. Now he's flipped. He's come across enemy lines into yes. the love list with yeah. uh, the magnificent PJ Walker. As That's his right.
2: Yeah, three words. P. PJ huh. yeah. Walker. There you go. Um, former XFL superstar, now fantasy monster. PJ <laughs> Walker. NFL superstar. NFL superstar. Um, you know, look, he is to DJ Moore what Taylor Heineke is to uh, Terry McLaurin. In the three starts that PJ Walker has had, DJ Moore has a 36% target share. 36% target share. He's now had back to back games with over 19 fantasy points, and the Bengals uh, losing a Wouzier for the season. Uh, to the ACL, that's going to hurt that secondary, right? You know, Trey Flowers left last week with a hamstring injury as well. They're so beat up uh, in the back end of the secondary as well, and so I think just the volume that DJ Moore gets, plus his talent, and the fact that Cincinnati is hurting,
1: makes him a top 20 play for me. He comes in at wide receiver 17. Yeah, look, I normally like to get deep into the numbers the analytics look at DVOA, all that type of stuff but with this it's just simple that PJ Walker does stuff and Baker Mayfield didn't do anything and PJ Walker he's moving around he can clearly throw deep that pass went 68 yards in the air or whatever to get to DJ Moore in the end zone and all of a sudden this team just has life and DJ Moore is the big recipient of that 159 yards. PJ to DJ. Yeah. Boom. Exactly. They are training in the right direction. Someone should make a T-shirt about that. I don't think they will. Oh, I think they will. Yeah, you think they will? You what else they do they have? Happen? Go on yeah, the PJ Commanders and DJ? get that T-shirt done?
2: Yeah, there's like a, there's a, probably, I can already see it, right? There's like a big J, yeah. and there's like a the, the P right. and a yeah, D, yeah, and a yeah, P okay. to D, right? Yeah, you know, because P-J to D-J.
1: Carolina Panthers, another good vibes team. That's all these right. teams revive from the bad vibes. The Commanders, the Panthers. Keep uh, pounding. The Chiefs have had good vibes all season. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's had at least eight targets in four of his past five games, and he is the Chiefs wide receiver one these days.
2: Yeah, look, I know everyone is all excited about Kadarius Tony, and he'll be active likely for this game, but my expectation is that Juju Smith-Schuster, who's finally starting to come on, right, he's had at least eight targets for the last five games, back-to-back games with over 110 yards and a touchdown, and he gets the Titans on Sunday night right here on Peacock and NBC. I'm a company man. Tennessee bottom eight in the NFL in terms of catches and yards allowed to wide receiver, Uh, They've also given up uh, their top five in the NFL in terms of most touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. Like, there's no safer bet, right, than Andy Reid off a bye. Yes. Um, And so, guess what? Andy Reid, this week, off a bye. They've had two weeks to try to work uh, even more on some of the uh, momentum that Patrick Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster have together.
1: Yep. The thing with the Titans as well, outside of my man Derek Henry, who is their greatest strength, but also yeah. they have the number one rushing defense by DVOA in the league. They're very, yeah. very, very hard to run on. We saw Damian Pierce, who'd been running all over the league, 15 carries, 35 yeah. yards. So I think that they will be throwing in the ball, the Chiefs. Let's jump to uh, Evan Engram. It was not necessarily a name I was expecting to see, but gets into the end zone in London and uh, seems to be trending in the right direction.
2: Yeah, uh, three of the last four games he's had over 20% target share You know, with at least 40 yards in all four games from Trevor Lawrence. Over that stretch, he's the tight end seven in terms of a points per game basis, averaging 12 fantasy points per game. It's a good matchup with the Raiders as well. Vegas allowing six different touchdowns to tight ends this year. That's tied for the third most. Evan Ingram back in the uh, top ten. Welcome back, Evan Ingram. He is uh, my tight end seven for the week and you see Right there on your screen, the target share. Only the Week Seven game against the Giants, where he had a 16.3% target share. He's been has he been under 21%, and even in that game against the Giants, he still had 67 yards. Yeah,
1: it's been a winding fantasy career for the great Evan Engram. So no doubt, real, uh, ups and downs. I still don't understand why the Jags are. A- an underdog at home to the Las Vegas Raiders plus one and a half on BetMGM makes no sense to me. People still keep buying the Raiders. Uh, they're not any good. Uh, let's jump into some others. They're not, and this is a you know this West Coast team traveling east. Yep. I don't think it's a one o'clock game. Jags do come back from London, which is what you worry right. about a little bit. That yeah. hurts, but at the same time... That's you a know team what, that's used to it. Yeah, you know what also hurts is that the Vegas Raiders, they didn't cross midfield on offense until uh, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, against the Saints. That's bad.
2: When Josh McDaniels is apologizing to the fan base, that's also bad.
1: Yes. We might be done with Josh McDaniels uh, based on how the Denver stint ended and now what's happening in Vegas. There's I don't know.
2: Just, I mean, like, when I think about the times I've had to apologize to the fans, <laughs> yeah. it's always because I've completely crap the bed you yeah. know what i mean like like when you know i recommended Allen robinson in the preseason like that was a bad one and so what i do i i came on air and i made a mea culpa i like i apologize i i,
1: I screwed up what's your biggest ever miss oh god is it what? like did you I'm... declare like arian <clears throat> foster one year and then he got hurt or something no
2: no i mean like the one i'm most famous for is michael vick saying michael right. vick number one overall oh. in 2011 i weirdly that don't the think dream that's team? Yeah. The tarantum, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think that was um I don't think that was my biggest miss. That's my most famous miss okay. by far. That's the one people always throw at me or right. um, that okay. comes up all I'll the time. Throw that it's you. The most famous miss. But I don't think it's my biggest miss because I've had much worse calls that have worked out much poorer than that. I mean yep. Alan Robinson's right up there. Yeah. I mean, he's he guys barely a top seventy fantasy well, wide receiver. It's trending in the right direction. And I was I was all in on him in the preseason. I, it's a good question. Let me know what you think. My worst call <laughs>
1: yeah, tweet is. The show. Tweet, tweet at Croucher JD. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, I don't want to hear
2: it. Yeah. But Jay does. I'll so sift tweet through at, and,
1: and find the best yeah. of your worst. But I, um,
2: yeah, I mean, like whatever. Michael. Everyone had Michael Vick as a top ten play that year, and Michael Vick wound up being a top ten ish quarterback on a points per game basis. Like he wasn't the number one overall player, but he was usable. You know yes. what I mean? Like he, when he was active and it's a easily replaced uh, position. I, I don't think it's my worst call. It's definitely my most famous
1: bad call, though. Yep. My worst call while we're talking worst calls, I loved the Rams in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, plus two and a half. Thought it was free money. Could not believe right. that the Rams were underdogs to that offense, which was really struggling in New England. And then I remember that I was taking Jared Goff against Bill Belichick. And, and Tom uh, Brady. And Tom Brady. It didn't go great. All right, let's jump no. into some others receiving votes for the pass catcher love. Headline by the guy we were talking about earlier, Josh Palmer.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Palmer gets... We, we talked about him earlier. I, I just think he's somebody that should get a, uh, you know, a huge target share with Mike Williams and potentially Keenan Allen out as well. You see Tyler Boyd on your list there as well, who's had... Uh, you know three straight games with at least 12 and a half fantasy points no Jamar Chase against the the Panthers who allow the sixth most catches per game to the slot where Boyd's uh, runs a lot of his routes Romeo Dobbs now has a 20% target share or better in four of the last six games Detroit allowing a league high 4.1 deep completions per game why does that matter because last week he had four deep targets like you know Aaron Rodgers trusting him on sort of those deep throws, and hey, somebody has to catch the ball for Baltimore. So Devon Duvernay comes in, who's had a 17 and a half target share over the last five weeks, and he's had three different games um, with multiple rushing attempts. We will see if Mark Andrews plays in this game, but he even if he's active, he might be limited because he's still a little bit banged up. Ravens had the bye after this week, so you could see some Isaiah likely, uh, who had a. 43.6% of the Baltimore targets this year have gone to opposing tight ends. So um, it's it's an offense that likes to target the tight end as well. And so Andrews and uh, Isaiah Likely, both beneficiaries as well, 19.7 fantasy points last
1: week. Yep. You know, look the part. Look the part. Yes, he does look the part. Highest ever graded college tight end by PFF. Uh, and this Saints team notwithstanding the fact they just did pitch a shutout it's not the same defense that it was last year no. they've still got some injuries and the total no. in that game is 48 so expecting there will be right. a lot of scoring yeah. let's jump Saints to- are pretty good against the tight end
2: so I yeah. mean I'd, I'd feel a lot better about likely if Andrews was out but I do think even in deepest
1: in the deepest of leagues that if you're it just doesn't seem like Andrews is going to get the full the full pitch count if we keep talk- talking pitches I don't think uh, he'll be 100. percent let's jump to the hate list. Headlined by Michael Pittman. Yeah, he's now had under
2: sixty yards in four out of five games so far this year, and it's not a good matchup with the Patriots as they've allowed just four touchdowns, four all year long, to opposing wide receivers. That's tied for the third fewest in the NFL. Sam Ellinger, kind of a mixed bag. You know, um, showed some mobility, but also showed kind of like, oh, that's why he was some the Sam Ellingerness, some, some Sam Ellingerness. Um, so. Uh, You know, certainly didn't have a great—Michael Pittman did not have a great game last week as well. So Pittman, who's normally locked in as like a top 12-ish, wide receiver comes in at 23 for me, just outside my top 20.
1: Yep. Brandon Cooks was on the hate list, but now he's going to put up zeros guaranteed because he's not playing tonight. So let's go to Dawson Knox, uh, who also has really underperformed this season. He's had one game this year with a target share above 13%, right? He
2: needs—he is truly like the definition of a touchdown-reliant tight end. In games in which he doesn't score this year, Jay, he's averaging under seven fantasy points per game. By the way, the Jets, your Jets, your beloved Jets, yes. have yet to allow a touchdown to an opposing tight end.
1: Yep. That's a tough secondary. It's a tough... Uh, to yeah, and so uh, you're just
2: like, here's a guy that's touchdown dependent playing a, game, a team that has yet to give up a touchdown to an opposing tight end. Like,
1: Yep. Bills yeah. Bills are 13-point favorites uh, in New Jersey for that game. Dawson so. Knox is tight in 15 for me this yeah. week. Don't expect they'll be throwing too much. All right. We're gonna go to break. When we come back, quarterback, love, hate. Headlined by my man, Justin Fields.
0: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
4: Do you want a beautiful lawn? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
3: We're walking in as boys, coming out as men. Hey!
1: Make sure you get a close-up of that.
3: I'm scared. Come out. Oh oh. Oh. Hey. Hey. hey!
4: Hey! That's what you do with Shark head.
3: Hey! hey.
1: I said, I'm late on my
3: face. Hey, what uh. I told you about the knife, dog, man. Put the knife. The knife got to go down. Sure. You cut the head off already. Oh, we made it?
4: Uh, all right, buddy. All right, guys. Get here, man.
2: Spooky indeed.
1: I was uh, I was three of the Los Angeles Chargers walking through a ha- uh, haunted house. You strike me as someone who scares easily. Matt, easily, pretty bit of a fraidy cat.
2: I I, I, I hate haunted houses. <laughs> I hate horror movies. I All of it, that. thousand yeah. percent. Don't like out? any of it just never got into it don't enjoy it don't enjoy being frightened yeah you don't, don't enjoy the
1: sensation no, of, fear? of You're like, not a fear guy
2: no okay. no i have plenty of i have plenty of things to fear in my own actual real <laughs> yeah. life that i don't need to seek it out you know an you know? artificial fear on a cinema yeah. screen no exactly like there's i forget the name of the movie um, but there's some movie that my wife wanted to go see desperately and i think it i think it was a Jake Gyllenhaal movie where the premise of the movie is is that him and another dad in the neighborhood they lose their daughters Get kidnapped, in essence, basically, yeah, I like that. right? Yeah. And their daughters get kidnapped, and uh, and they're like, "Oh, it's supposed to be great." And I'm like, "That's my nightmare." Yeah, like I have daughters. Yes. My, that's my nightmare. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? Like. Why do I want to go see that? I you think you might be talking about Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Is that
2: the one yeah. where, like, and I'll ruin this one. I don't care. I'm going to ruin this one. Like the, the old lady. Like it's yes. it's an old lady. I'm going to ruin Prisoners because no one should see it. Because screw that. Don't it's stop. It's a me- really good film. I wouldn't do this, and it came out this century as well. Yeah, I don't care. This one I'm going to ruin. I'll to- I'll be I'll be the <sighs> bad guy here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. exactly well i won't say where they they find them, but i know yeah. but
1: they get found yeah, yeah they get found jake gyllenhaal has the uh the aaron Rodgers 2022 haircut yeah so uh, detective Loki. by the way
2: the whole thing is like that that's like it makes my like that's my nightmare yeah. like anything involving like you know yeah i mean like you know kids and you know that's that's, it's, it's, it.
1: it's, I like it's awful i can't watch that kind of stuff anymore either but i think yeah no, i'm man. even more against the, why, like, why, the physical why, what's fear. entertaining about that no that's dark the film that really got me, it's not really a horror film, but Black Swan. Okay, um, I never with, watched with that With Natalie yet. Portman. Yeah. There's like a sequence where she's losing her mind and things are just jumping out of everywhere. I, I was sitting in the cinema like, I'm having a horrible time. Just yeah. a dreadful time. No. This is not fun.
2: No. Fear is not fun. No, it's awful. No, no. Yep. Like, scary movies like that, or like Cats, you know, <laughs> the, you know, just sort of like really make you nervous. Yeah, well... Cats Let's, was a horror movie.
1: <laughs> Cats was a horror movie. Let's talk about right. a different animal.
2: Yeah, just trust me on this one.
1: Let's talk about the Falcons.
2: Designed, if, you th- if you watch it back thinking it was designed as a horror movie, it makes a lot more sense. Oh, no, i Cats,
1: Cats is terrifying. Yeah. I, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you love yeah, grown Justin people. Herbert.
2: Grown people. My, my daughters have become obsessed with furries. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, with furries. Like, they I don't think they understand the See, entire context of it but they yeah, they're like they're, they become obs- right they become obsessed with the idea of, of you know grown people dressed up as you know animals yeah. or in in, in, uh, in costumes or so. I, yeah very specific <laughs> it's very
1: weird um,
2: so uh, right. well, you know, I don't want to show them cats
1: there's no way left to segue cleanly to Justin Herbert being on the love uh, list no, so I'll let's t- just t- talk about you,
2: it he's the, he's the
1: anti-cats
2: he's the anti-prisoners he's like okay. he's something we he's love a warm, warm feeling warm feeling exactly yeah. like he's a feel good comedy he's yeah. a he's a he's a feel-good rom-com right like
1: he is like feels like he should be in a rom-com one day with that hair that face feels like he's with me with you with me following us you know we we we, we we meet cute and
2: like you know and i drafted my team and yeah and then we go off
1: uh, i was thinking more like whoever the present day kate hudson is or whatever but yeah it could be matthew berry in a rom-com with justin herbert people would Mm. definitely go and see that just to be curious. I'm just saying. What the hell's going on? I'm putting
2: it out there. Hey, yeah. NBC Universal, let's yeah. go. Let's make a movie. J.H. What are, we, yeah. what are we saying? All right. Justin Herbert. Now, just poor video guys are like, how am I going to clip this <laughs> yeah. for social?
1: How to lose a Matthew Barry in 10 days. There you go. There
2: you go. Honestly. Um, yeah, take me to see Prisoners. And yeah. then you got nine days left. Yeah. That, all right. So here we go. Justin Herbert playing Atlanta. Like, I get it. You're like, wait a minute, Barry. Hang on. <laughs> Didn't, I just, I've been watching this whole damn show, and like you just tell me, you got no Mike Williams, you know Keenan Allen, yeah. and now you're telling me Justin Herbert, who's struggled somewhat. We had Austin Eckler, friend of the show. We did the definitive Austin Eckler uh, interview on this podcast, and even Austin Eckler was like, yeah, the offense isn't where we need to be. And yet, somehow, you have Justin Herbert on the love list, and the answer is yes. Yes, Jay Croucher, I have Justin Herbert on the love list. First off, you like the volume, right? 44 pass attempts per game. That is most in the NFL. He's had back-to-back games with over 50 passing attempts as well. Over the last four weeks, the Atlanta Falcons averaging, uh, they're allowing over 23 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, giving up 353 passing yards per game over that stretch. They are going to try to run this, run the ball and uh, and, and do that well. Here's what's weird. The Falcons actually over the last four weeks, fourth against the run they've been really good against the run they've been brutal against the pass so the way you move the ball against the Falcons is through the air Eckler will be fine but yeah give me Justin Herbert as a top five fantasy quarterback yep. this week
1: bit of rest as well for that rib for Justin yeah, sure, Herbert sure. off the bye which I think will be huge now Joe Burrow his version of prisoners of cats, I guess, is uh, Miles Garrett. uh, He was just in his face in 2.1 seconds uh, on Monday night. Now he gets to play the Carolina Panthers, so he's on the love list. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, look, first off, Carolina ranks 30th in sack rate this season. So, when Joe Burrow has time, he's very, very good, and he should have time against the Carolina Panthers. The last four quarterbacks to face Carolina all through for over 250 yards. That includes the likes of Marcus Mariota. You know, and a struggling Tom Brady. And so here comes Joe Burrow, who gets to face the Carolina Panthers, who allow the seventh most passing yards per game over the last four weeks. My expectation is is that after that Monday Night Embarrassment, Burrow gets back on track. It's another week to figure out how to move this
1: offense forward without Jamar Chase. Give me Joe Burrow as a uh, top eight fantasy play this week. Yep. Okay, let's move on to Justin Fields, who is a name I think that we're going to be saying a fair bit on this list as the season goes yeah. on. He bears can be scary, yes. actual bears. Oh, I, I hate the, bears. By the way, I actually, I didn't want to move to Connecticut because I was there are about the bears. bears. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We,
2: we like my like we get texts from like nosy neighbors, like yeah. look what I found in my backyard. It's a- and bear yeah. and you're like uh well why are you sending that to me like yeah.
1: my my wife is swedish and in sweden they have just, there's just bears and bears just come unload the trash can i'm like this is terrifying why does anyone live in sweden if there are yeah. bears yeah and you know what and they're never uh, just this
2: is a helpful hint for everyone that lives in a, a kind of a, a wooded area or where bears they are almost never almost never like cute and cuddly bears oh, no. that talk
1: to you. They're like the you know, revenant like, bears that ripped apart oh, Leonardo yeah, exactly. DiCaprio's poor it, body. It's
2: never Yogi. No. You know what I mean? It, it's never like a cute, cuddly bear that's yeah. just like, hey, you know, you got some toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> or something like that? It's never yeah. anything like fun it's like that. they never like that. Yeah, never I like those, no, yeah, I never the Charmin yeah. bears. No, no, no. Well, it, these, these are mean, angry, I will eat you bears. Yes. The revenant bears. Yes. Well... Right.
1: well Talking of cute, cuddly fantasy production, Justin mm. Fields, who looks like a top 10 fantasy QB going forward.
2: He's been one for four straight yep. weeks. He's Over the last month, he's a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Three straight games with over 60 rushing yards and over 18 fantasy points. You see it there on your screen in terms of the total touchdowns, in terms of the game log that he's had. Really successful. And to the eye test, Jay, you just... He looks like a good quarterback. He He looks like a – there's still mistakes that he makes. There's still a couple of head scratchers in there, but night and day from where he was last year or at the beginning of the year, it's a decent matchup with the Dolphins who have allowed the fourth most yards on deep passes this season and obviously fields, leads all quarterbacks in deep ball rate. Darnell Mooney going to get deep for one. We expect Miami to have no issue scoring against the Bears. So, yeah, give me some Justin Fields as a uh, as a viable top ten play this week again. Like, everyone was just like, oh, he's playing the Cowboys last week. What a great defense. Well, I'm like, well, but he's still going to run around, and that's what he did. He still had a huge game against the Cowboys in a losing effort. You and I both think, you know, and by you and
1: I, I really mean you. But I'm tagging along. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you on up. this one. Yeah. I,
2: I, I like the I like the Bears plus five. I like that yeah. call at home.
1: Still plus fifteen hundred to make the uh, the playoffs in the NFC. I don't, it's not crazy. Commanders are like tied for the seventh <laughs> the seventh spot in the yeah. playoffs. So why not? Hail Let's go to Manders. some others Hail receiving victory. votes, headlined by a guy who looks pretty ready to just star in the Revenant instead of play football. And that's Aaron Rodgers, but he gets. It's a pretty pretty nice matchup this week against the Lions. Over the last four weeks, no team in the NFL
2: has allowed more yards per attempt um, than the Detroit Lions. They're giving up a 79% completion rate as well. And by the way, take out Bailey Zappi for a second. And without the Bailey Zappi game, uh, the, court, the Lions are giving up 24 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. If ever there was a game, For Aaron Rodgers to get on track and be the Aaron Rodgers who drafted, it is this week against the Detroit Lions. He comes in at QB 12 for me. Real quickly, I also like Trevor Lawrence uh, against the Raiders. Every single QB that's faced Las Vegas this year has scored at least 17 fantasy points. They've given up passing touchdowns, the second-highest rate over the last four weeks. And how about my Taylor Heineke? Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. QB 1, baby. (laughs) Taylor Heineke, right? It's not always pretty but he's a little bit gutty. You don't mind the matchup here against the Vikings. They've given up over 290 passing yards per game over the last four. Heineke, his two starts this season, he's averaging 18.3 fantasy points per game with over 30 pass attempts in both games. That's not a fluke. We know the commanders like to throw a lot. Uh, We expect the Vikings to be able to score points in this game. Yeah. Give me Taylor Heineke as a sneaky sleeper he comes in at QB fifteen for me this week.
1: It's unbelievable that team is four and four. It feels like they're one and seven. It really really feels like they're one and seven. They're They're four and four and four. four. They have a better record than the Rams who won the Super Bowl last year. Unbelievable. How about them apples. Yeah. How about them apples? Let's go to the hate list. By the list way, from- and they
2: and they and they, and they, they should be even better because they should have beaten. They should have won that Detroit
1: game. They should. They could have lost some games along the way too. They could have lost yeah. to the Colts. They could have lost to the Packers, but they do and have they, their and, forward and, forward and the Bears and, and the Bears. bears. They and really should have lost to the Bears. Right. They should have lost bears. all of them.
2: But whatever. <laughs> but they should have beaten the Lions.
1: Yeah. They had no business. Be- they should be they had, no, they had no
2: chance against the Cowboys or the Eagles. But yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's uh. Let's jump to the hate list. Headlined by a guy, again, who is a recurring character, the underperforming Derek Carr. It's weird that you would add Devontae Adams to somebody's arsenal
2: and he would go down. But that's exactly what's happened. Derek Carr has regressed. We need to feature
1: (laughs) Hunter Renfro
2: more. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like Four straight games with under 250 passing yards and 35 attempts, under 35 attempts. I mean, they're handing off to Josh Jacobs all the time. And this is not an easy matchup against the Jags, right? They're a top 12 pass defense so far in both yards per attempt and touchdown rate for the year. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes only twice this season, one or fewer in five of seven games uh, so far this year. This game is in Jacksonville. West Coast team traveling east. Yes, you're right. Yes, the Jaguars are coming off of London as well. But I don't know. There's nothing about Derek Carr's production or what you watch on film that makes you feel like, oh, yeah, they're about to turn the corner. Yep. Like, my feeling is, is that with him struggling, they're just going to hand it off to Josh Jacobs even more. He's outside my top 15
1: for the week. Yep, Jags don't have a great rushing defense. To be fair, they don't have a great pass defense either, but this certainly feels like a Josh Jacobs game. He's been the only thing that goes right on that offense. Uh, nothing going right on the Rams' offense at the moment uh, as they drop to 3-5 three, uh, three and five now, actually, the Rams. And Matthew Stafford is on the hate list.
2: Yeah, he has. How many games do you think he's had this year with multiple touchdown passes?
1: This is a guy with Cooper Cup on his team. Yeah, I would say one off the top of my head. He's got one. There you go.
2: That is exactly. He's got exactly one game with multiple touchdown passes this season. That was week two against the Falcons, right? Now he faces Tampa Bay. And in terms of both yards per game and yards per attempt, Tampa is a top six uh, defense, right? I mean, there's a lot that hasn't gone right for the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers are actually playing – uh, pretty good defense so far this year. They're the fourth best pass defense in the NFL over the last month as well. And there's only been three quarterbacks this entire year that have scored over 17 fantasy points against the, run, uh, against the Rams, I should say. And the reason they've all scored 17 or more fantasy points against the Buccaneers this year, they've all had 30-plus rushing yards. We're not expecting Matthew Stafford to have 30-plus no. rushing yards. So, again, like I, I butchered that a little bit. But basically, here's the thing. The only three quarterbacks that have faced the Buccaneers this year have 17 or more fantasy points. All had at least 30 yards rushing in their games. We're not expecting that from Matthew Stafford. He's my QB 21 of the, for
1: the week. No thank you. Yeah. You drop Matthew Stafford? You comfortable dropping him? In a in, one QB
2: league? In yeah. a 10 or 12 team one QB league? Yeah. Yes. Like I'd rather have Justin Fields the rest of the way. Like I'd
1: probably have rather have, you know, he's on a bye this week, but I'd rather have Daniel Jones. Like, Would rather have Marcus Mariota than Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr? Because I think at this point, I think I might. I mean Mariota, just the upside. Not Derek with the leg. Carr, but um, Mariota, sure. Yeah. No, no, I'd rather have Mariota than Carr or stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because the upside with the legs, and also the fact that they're four and four now, and they're not going to they're not going to bring in the Desmond Ritter show I, yeah, anytime soon. I'd,
2: I'd rather have Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. I'd rather have the Commanders'
1: quarterbacks. Yeah, By the way, the numbers are there. Yeah, like okay. it's not pretty. On that note, we have to go to break. We absolutely have to go to break. We may not come back, and we may cancel. me. Yeah, for that when tank. we come back Thursday. Night Football Player Props from BetMGM. Not going to be a great game, but we'll give you reasons to watch. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code BERRY and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code BERRY, B-E-R-R-Y, to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. It's risk-free. There is no risk. Matthew Barry, as we look at, in last call, some of yeah. the most bet-on props on yeah. BetMGM.
2: Yeah, by the way, when you go to BetMGM.com, use the promo code BARRY for a free $1,000 risk-free <laughs> yeah, bet. I said that. Yeah. Well, I know you did, but sometimes they cut the videos without that in there, <laughs> okay. so I'm making sure it's in there. Double up. Yeah, All I'm right. doubling up.
1: Miles Sanders to score first touchdown. This is one of the most popular props on BetMGM. That's plus 650. Anytime TD score, Miles Sanders, plus 105. And then one that I think that we both might like, Davis Mills under 217.5 passing yards Here, minus minus By the way,
2: with, with, with Brandon Cooks being ruled out, that number is already lowered. Like Lily yeah. said, so we built that graphic before the show started. And just in the last hour, it's now down to 214.5 passing yeah. yards. I think I'd still
1: take the I under. Think I mean it's the, still going to go further down. I, I, a I thousand cookout. percent. Skewson scored
2: at least 20 points in all four games where Davis Mills threw for over 200 yards so far this season. But um, he's been under 160 yards in two of the last three games. Eagles fourth in pass defense so far this year. I don't think he gets to. I don't think he gets this number here. Right by the way. No. I also, by the way, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under on this game. Um, uh, the, it's 45 and a half. Right. Houston's 29th in scoring offense. 31st in yards per game. And that was with Brandon Cooks playing here as, as well. Unders are five and three on 30 Second Football as well. So give me the under on 45 and a half. Give me the under on Davis Mills 214 and a half passing yards.
1: Yep, both teams love to run the ball. More bleeding clock. I think it goes under 45 and a half as well. My best bet is Damian Pierce. It's going to be a lot of Damian Pierce tonight. His longest rush over 15 and a half yards. Just needs to get to 16 yards once. He's done that each of the past five games. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to do it tonight, even if game script goes against them. Also, don't think Jalen Hurts throws a pick tonight. The no on Hurts throwing a pick is minus 185. It's still like that even with a lot of juice. He's only thrown two picks all season and he's not going to need to throw a lot tonight.
2: Fair enough. By the way, Eagles are 25th against the run over the last four weeks. So you you can can run run in Philadelphia. So there's a chance that Damian Pierce breaks a long one here. I like that bet. Hey, listen, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So uh, good luck on Thursday Night Football tonight. Love, Hate now out on Rotoroll.com for free. Check that out. For Jay Croucher, I'm Matthew Berry. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Peace out.